Welcome to another episode of Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett, happily broadcasting from KACRLP Alameda Community Radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. Today I am featuring a couple of Bay Area chefs, and I'm just going to introduce them and then we'll get to know them as we go. So welcome, Andrew Green and Duncan Quitcore. Hello, how are you doing? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, do you remember that? that oh, I uh, definitely remember that, <laughs> yeah. That lasted like a few years in the 90s, maybe? That Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was definitely a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome, guys. So um, we're in the studio here in Alameda today, and nice weather, summertime. Really nice out, and yeah. thanks for having no, us. And it's, it's not too hot like it was a couple days ago, so. It's heavenly. Yeah, yeah this is definitely quintessential weather. Yeah. Perfect mm-hmm. Bay Area. Yeah, out. perfect Bay. So, and you guys are heading to a barbecue later on? Our pastry chef. Yeah. And her boyfriend are hosting our crew. Yeah, it's going to basically be uh, uh, Dennis, uh, who's a really skilled chef we work with. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Melanie, of course, is fantastic. So, yeah, she's, she's doing a dessert. They're all dope. Yeah, she's doing a galette. That's like the perfect thing that when I love when you hang out with creative people or work in creative spaces is that you get to reap the rewards, especially people who I've definitely, you know, dated a few chefs in my time and it's always fun to go. Yeah. Out. So, yeah, we've um, circled around it a bit for this, you know, minute or two that we've been talking. But why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about what you do as a team and, you know, what your current project is that you're doing and, and sharing with the Bay Area here. I guess we should start by kind of talking about how we got into cooking and how we started working together. We both met at uh, our college, Sam Cigar Institute. In 2004. Yeah. And basically, as he tells it, he saw me putting eucalyptus oil on my neck, sitting with no shirt on, bandana on, (laughs) on a skateboard. And he was like, that guy seems chill. I'll go talk to him. And he did. And And uh, here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah, we worked creatively together for pretty much the whole years. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it made sense to move into cooking because it's a multi-sensory, complex uh, art form that you consume becomes part of you. So it makes sense to do that if you're an artist and you really want to make innovative work. You know, it was a natural thing. Yeah, and now since October, we opened a project inside the Gastro Pig in Uptown Oakland called Abstract Table, which is our focus and we are going to launch our fourth menu friday so kind of nice sense of accomplishment to be at this point going stronger and stronger so yeah Yeah, super thankful people are finding it and people how what's the main way that people find out about it and we had really good pr now i think a lot of it is you know we're on two different reservation platforms resi and open table and People that want to dine and eat really good food at a reasonable price point are finding us, which is awesome. You so, know what we were hoping. It's a fun experience too because it's you know it's conceptual art in you know a culinary setting and with culinary elements, but you get to kind of experience more experimental food. It's going to taste great, but it's going to push kind of some of your ideas about how things might look, what colors make sense in certain dishes and, you know, textures, you know, we're strong believers too, that if you can balance any, you know, acid, fat, salt, 
texture properly, anything can work. It's about finding that balance. So it's a, it's a really fun venue for doing that. And ultimately, you know, the goal was we work for ourselves. Yeah. So we don't we don't have anyone telling us what we can and cannot do. That kind of system, Duncan and I, you know, have worked at many restaurants over the years and there's always someone, regardless of how much autonomy you have as a chef, to, you know, do the menu that you see fit. This is really ultimate autonomy because there's no one telling us again what we can and cannot do. It's just what we'd like to do as a collective, all four of us working in the kitchen collectively. Yeah, that it's key because, I mean, it's, it's a round table. You know, we all discuss everything and everybody has a say and any, you know, any issues somebody might have with a dish or feelings about even the concept we're willing to hear it and talk about it so yeah there's not just one person being like this is the way it goes we get excited about it and we all start talking and yeah it's 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 amazing to actually be able to not only do that but provide that for you know anybody who's creative and is working with us so so yeah when i listen to you guys talk about that the freedom of creating your own pop-up menus and then collaborating with other people creatively I'd love to know that kind of behind the scenes thing of like, what do you do? Are there meetings where you're meeting up in the kitchen and bringing like seasonal ingredients and saying, I just feel like playing with this? What is that experience actually yeah. like? Um, there's some of that. I mean, I forage for uh, ingredients uh, on land that I've either gotten permit or permission um, and I'll bring those in and I'll, we'll talk about them and, you know, do we want to use fur shoots in the forest menu or do we want to use kelps that maybe have been gifted to us or that we've purchased, you know, that are in season. Um, and I, you know, we also have a small farm up North. It's a coast live farm. I run it with my father and we bring in ingredients from there all the time too. So that's a big part of it. And then, a I lot mean, of it is us coming up with an idea like a toll and sharing with the crew and them going going wild with us. We will like set meetings and go into it knowing that there's a goal in mind and whether we reach that goal like that day is irrelevant, but it's more starting the conversation and everyone coming up with ideas. So it doesn't just fall on one person. It It falls on all of us if we can't facilitate these things it's everyone's responsibility so yeah and it also helps because we're a little crazy so we'll come up with something that's like really really out there dennis and, and melanie are definitely nutty but they're yeah a little more yeah they're not practical but they're a little more they're less yeah nutty well i mean one thing you, know, you always learn from people you work with right and one thing that i've learned from dennis is that as much as i thought i was the i was the balancing one sometimes with these crazy ideas Dennis is even more balancing. And sometimes he's like, dude, do you really want to plate that dish with 12 touches? And then if people don't know, and culinary world touches is how many times you go from your mies and then back to the plate when you're plating food. So how many times do you grab something you've prepared and then put it down? And so he'll be like, you know, we have to get this many people in and out. And just mathematically, it doesn't add up if every course is that many touches. And, you know, a lot of times it's actually improved dishes and we'll carry that with us for the rest of our careers. So um, it's much better to work in that round table fashion than it is to just be this overlording chef, no matter how experienced you are. It's also just really nice to see everyone 
everyone, meaning four people that work in the kitchen, including Duncan and myself, feeling like they've contributed and not like, again, not like some, like a lot of restaurants where it's this way or the highway. It's all of us being like, cool, this is the way to get to where we need to go. And um, that's a really special thing, in my opinion. I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And, it's, it know, is special. It, yeah. It's definitely a new experience that I'm very thankful is being accomplished and being done. So. Yeah. We're, that we're getting to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's also there is something to be said for having that, you know, very focused way of running a restaurant that, you know, one head chef directing things gives you. I but, mean, it's been going on forever. So, obviously you know, it works. It can sense, work in but... another way, too, I guess is the point, you know. You know, this comes up actually when I talk with directors or filmmakers in general or any real creative project. It can benefit from that overlord, like you said. But if they don't listen and they don't get that feedback, it can really turn somebody into someone that's only got those yes people around them and somebody who hasn't learned the benefits of collaborating or listening to other people and over the course of time, I think most creative spaces are learning just that the collaboration, the mm-hmm. camaraderie, the yeah. ownership, like you were talking about, you know, the four of you get to bring something forth and say, oh, yeah, I remember I was the one that kind of threw in that little spice and, you know, changed that. Yeah. it just yeah. it can benefit everybody so much and the project or the product well, and at the end practical technique just like in film you know some people have a better skill set like you know you're not going to be spielberg doing the pyrotechnics by yourself at this point in your career and as much as we are very we study and we learn the craft and the methodology of you know the culinary world and we're very focused and passionate about that there's some things that like someone like melanie who does pastry all the time and thinks that way all the time will be able to do for us chemically that we would never have gotten there in the way in the time that she does, you know, and maybe not at all. You got to always pull from the experience of the people you work with. You know, another thing too, actually, we should mention really quick uh, to play to the point of us working with other people and stuff and how it is around table. I mean, the concept for thoroughfare, our street food based menu came the, the original idea to do it was actually Dennis. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, well, when we came to him with blizzards and atolls and we were like, and this we want it to be like, you know, it's winter in Japan, in northern Japan and Scandinavia. And we want to bridge the formalities and then the playfulness of new Scandinavian. And, you know, he's going like, OK, let's figure this out. Let me untie this idea that you have so that I understand it. He went along with that two times. Then, you know, he comes to us with this this idea and we were, we just were like, that's amazing. Let's do that one. You know, and it's. It's actually he's he might be moving on in in a few weeks or a few months to a new project. So it's actually really great that we're going to get to do this menu with him and, you know, plays back to the round table, you know, without potentially the Jedi swan song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll work work with him many times in the future, but we got an open door policy at abstract table for him. Yeah, especially Yeah, Yeah, him and Melanie, really. Yeah. If they either really go, then come back, you know. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Front of the house, it doesn't matter. People, we've been fortunate and Absolutely. keep the policy as such and support those, especially certainly if they move on to something, you know, that is their pursuit. So, yeah. But this is our pursuit. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, and that's another big thing. It's, it's just all passion. Doing this kind of a project is, you know, 
Uh, it's a place where we get to amplify the things that are the, that we love about the craft and about the art form that we're bringing into it and uh, kind of, you know, get rid of a lot of the pretension and status symbol that you see in a lot of fine dining that isn't really necessary for the experience. And it certainly shuts out a lot of people. And I, you know, I like the idea that, you know, yeah, it's an authentic space where you get to try amazing elevated food and, you know, yeah, let's just about talk anybody can eat there. about that because, so I was talking with Adrian. She's who connected me yes. with you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, shout out to Adrian. Shout out to Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> so she listened to my episode talking with Emily Winston, who's um, at this point just getting the equipment in and getting everything laid out to open Boychik Bagels in Berkeley. It's a great Jewish name. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. And um, so. I was talking with her without even knowing that she was going to bring you guys up or suggest that we maybe get together was I was just telling her that my husband and I are big food fans, but our favorite places to go, we feel very comfortable and casual and we love delicious, tasty food, but it's usually not in the the super high end fancy restaurants. Mm. And I love playing around with food at home and stuff. And so she started to kind of put things together. And I was talking about, oh, I like to talk with creatives that are kind of weirdo, multi-creative, interesting people. For who sure, just, yeah. They don't get into one lane and just stay there. And no, so there's you know, a counterculture appeal to certain people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the concept around and like what it says on your website and everything is just is taking the that elevated food, but putting it in a casual setting. And my husband, Brian, and I got a chance to go check it out. And it was so delightful. It was one of the things I really enjoyed, which you don't sometimes get in some of the casual dining or, you know, diner dining is there's, you know, places that you'll, um, I get really easily distracted by sound. So if, if they don't have a policy of like, turn your phone off, or maybe they've got TVs up because for some reason, loud TVs seem like a good idea for some reason. Is at restaurants where you can't have your phone on like in a classroom setting? Well, it's like the, it's like, a, you know, no tie or, or you have to wear a tie. I mean, it's like uh, that kind okay. of thing, you know, well, it's like a, it makes sense. You know? every, co- every, okay. So I used to manage Julie's coffee and tea garden here in Alameda. We had a policy early on of take your phone calls out front. So outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely leave your phones off as far as they're not sure. ringing and you're not taking it's like being in the movies or, you know yeah there that you kind go of a thing. it's like that it's like being in the movies it's like waiting in line at a coffee shop and like someone's ordering on the at the counter on their phone mm-hmm. it's kind of rude yeah so anyways, not kind of it's rude. it is very rude <laughs> yeah but i could do a whole podcast on that that you whole should. thing but <laughs> <laughs> what brian and i found very special besides the flavors and enjoying the flavors and the the way the food looked and all that the presentation and everything was just sitting and relaxing and looking at each other because like a lot of people we eat our meals actually he and i work totally different schedules so we barely ever eat meals together when we do eat meals together it's often in front of the television our living room table is filled with half finished projects that we're working on so sitting and relaxing and looking at each other and being in a, in a casual but, you know, clean and nice restaurant mm-hmm. and then having the relaxed experience of the here's one dish and then another yeah. and then another each one after the other felt like sacred. Certainly. Heidi yeah. and Brian time. You know, yeah, so it was no, like a really I, good I day and night. You know, it was I a really mean, good day I night. I really. Yeah, that's that's amazing pleasant. to hear. I mean, 
I think that, uh, that you're, you're tapping into something that I think a lot of people don't think about, but restaurants are, they're kind of one of the last nurturing spaces in, in our societies, you know, um, certainly in like urban environments, cities and stuff where, you know, you can go somewhere and yeah, you pay for it, but you're being taken care of. It's a very, and, and there's somebody's feeding you, you know, it's a, it's, you know, food is an intimate experience, you know, even if it's, you know, very fine, you know, very fine, very meticulous platings, it's still, you're eating it. It's important for that space not to be completely polluted by flat screen TVs and, you know, phones going off. I, I can, I can totally appreciate that. Yeah. Likewise. And so why was it important for you guys to have it be elevated food, but in a casual sort of more accessible price point and environment? Uh, because I mean, oftentimes one goes out to a quote, fine dining meal and you feel if you're not dressed a certain way or you don't, you know, fit a certain criteria, it's kind of like a, somewhat there's potentially judgment being placed on you we really just wanted to create an environment and thus uh, such an accessible price point to like let people know that like you can still enjoy this food and go on with your lives and not feel like either you spent your whole paycheck out of place you leave hungry and you know as like literally lifetime artists like we just wanted to create an environment that's just casual and it's about the food. But, uh, I mean, I think that why it had to be fine dining to, if, if that's part of that question, um, is that we like to do very innovative art and we've been involved in, um, you know, fine art since college and maybe a little bit before. And we've been making art since we were kids, both of us. I mean, I've been, I've been making art since before I can remember, you know? So, um, when you get to a certain point, you've been making work for a long time and you've also been educated in, you know, in critique and how the art world functions, being able to bring all that we've learned, the stuff that a lot of people would, you know, you, a lot of people go to culinary school and that's what they bring to the culinary world. We bring what we've learned through working in the culinary field and our innovative artistic mind. We try to bring that into it because I often say that, you know, there's a difference between a great craftsman and a great artist and a great craftsman, which is, I totally respect every craftsman I've met, but a master craftsman masters their art. You know, they know how to make a perfect table. A great artist masters that craft and then tries to find ways of changing things based on what they know. So they break the rules creatively, you know, and fine dining, you can really push that. It's just, it's the right cooking for pushing that for us. Yeah. I'm restless. So no, that's true. He doesn't even sleep. For me, crazy person. <laughs> you know, like, for me, it's. I know that Duncan is, you know, creatively is always on that plane, where like in an instant everything could be different, and like, and that's cool. The challenge is embraced, and I think it's important not to hold yourself back, because like, what are we holding ourselves back for? Like, what's the point? We have manifested our destiny in regards to, like getting to this point now it's about expanding and you know i mean you gotta keep momentum and keep like focused and pushing i never had any interest in like doing 300 covers a night and like for us it's like i'd rather serve 50 people like the dope way and like give them like a really visceral experience than like the tightest swap out a bunch of food for more money yeah it's like 
it's never it's always been about the art like money is nice and all that but i've always said like it's about the art and that's a hard thing for some people because people want money and you know it's more important to like well and unfortunately many respect. people need money yeah, you sure. know i mean we all kind of need it yeah it's definitely structured that i mean way. there's a structure right. for sure but i just think you know if you're happy with what you're doing and like you're doing okay doing it and you're still pushing it what again whatever you do whether it's you know you're a landscaper or you're a teacher or you're a chef whatever you whatever you do like if you keep pushing to another horizon like that's life and like that's good yeah i mean i what i feel like i'm hearing from you and i may just be saying it a different way you know but is the mm -hmm. When I talk with my clients or other, you know, multi-creative people, super creative people, is that if you do choose to just keep creating and not worry so much about the end result, I mean, the, I don't mean end result, like, obviously, you're making a dish, you want it to be an end result of a dish. But yeah, I mean, certainly. as far as like, you're not exactly sure what direction you're going in, but you just are going to go because you trust in your... Your you passionate your instinct, wins and sure. your, your your instinct and everything is that. So one of your drivers could be a sustainable living or consistently making a little bit more money over the years or you know whatever that goal is, right? Sure, that can be like part of it, and then part of it is like the flexibility to always be changing menu seasonally or however you mm -hmm. choose, you know, or like you said, like if there's a creative whim when week all of a sudden i'm gonna kind of move things around so i can make that fit in and also that i'm gonna be part of this round table like you guys are creating what you value most and turning that into your career and different people are gonna do different things and unfortunately out of fear or necessity some people are so driven by the money part of it that that actually can tighten up that creativity because you're yeah. a little bit more focused on well this thing is this direction or this you know yeah. amount of tables or whatever seems to be the way that the money's coming in that is going to be a driver sometimes and that's fine well but yeah and also if you're thinking about the money and you get into restaurants get ready to like realize <laughs> that yeah i mean the most that anyone getting into a restaurant should expect is the food to be amazing and it to function it's, and the diners to leave happy that yeah. after that if it, you should expect it to pay for itself and like you know people to be able to be paid and then after that success after that, you can hope for it to be huge. You can try to work for it to be huge. But those first things, that's, that's all you should really expect, you know? So, you know, and another thing, too, is that a restaurant's like a body. So you got to maintain it. You got to, you know, you got to brush its teeth. Yeah, and there's a lot of so people don't know that either. Work. You don't just buy all the stuff for a restaurant, have chefs and, a, and cooks and a front of the house, then go, okay, we're open. And then at the end of the night, like in our situation, because we're inside of an already existing restaurant, shout out to the Gastro Pig. We have to put the restaurant back together. There's just so much that goes into each individual service. Like this menu that just ended at Tolls, which personally was my favorite that we've done so far. Every day before service, Duncan's washing all of the oyster shells. It's like 45 minutes just to do. Yeah. So because <laughs> we're such a small click, and I really kind of like that size structure for many years creatively speaking in the kitchen like it was just duncan and i we organically came together i mean he and i are kind of a package in like whatever we do 
And then oh, yeah, to, we're like brothers. I mean, yeah, I, he's, I mean, he's best my friend, family. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to add two more to that equation, I mean, that's awesome. And like, that's, you know, oh, that's I mean, the other thing too. I mean, about going back to like about maintaining a restaurant, your dishwasher is going to quit every other day. And honestly, that could be changed. The industry could change that. The industry could change that by just treating everyone in the restaurant better, providing health care, providing, you know, and this is the things that we want to, we're trying to create that place, yeah. you know. But, you know, if you're not thinking about that and if you're not trying to run your business that way, get ready to lose your dishwasher every few months. Uh, before we wrap up things a little bit, yeah, what I was just going to piggyback on was that 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 magical flow of when you are working with a team and you know each other, you trust each other, that that back yeah. of the house rhythm to me is is also beautiful to experience. Um, I've sat at restaurants um, just at like say the the counter and just observed the beauty sure. of the way people move it's around a each other. Symphony of sorts. And worked in coffee houses where you kind of get that flow where you know exactly yeah, really how dialed. much everything takes. You don't need a timer necessarily, but you have one just as a backup. But you know how long, mm. you know, or you're in one room, but you can smell something cooking in the other room. Mm. And, and, and I love all of that. I mean, thing. when everybody has their task and their job and they know how to do it and they know what they're doing and they're doing it. Restaurants are, are one of the most fun and you're, as you said, interesting to watch businesses there is. It's why you see like, you know, time lapse of like kitchens getting set up or doing service. And it's like so entertaining because everybody is just like moving like clockwork. And I mean, it usually takes with a menu switch, usually takes like one or two services for even the food. The diner probably won't notice this, but we're back there definitely going like, okay, note for for tomorrow, you know, don't play it like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Go the other direction. You know, pour yeah. the broth from this side of the table to that side on the plates. You know, right. do you know? Yeah, but yeah, when it gets into a rhythm by like the second, third dinner, thing. oh, it's yeah, it's it's a joy to do it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me today and yeah. just throwing it out on the table there and telling telling tales and everything. Where can people find you? So this will go out, like I said, locally on the radio. What's a good uh, online place to, we're to point? Abstract Table in Uptown in Oakland inside of the Gastro Pig. You can find us every Friday and Saturday night. Uh, make your reservation on Resi or Open Table. Come check us out, abstracttable.com. Cool. Uh, abstract table on Instagram and any more things I can plug. No, I think, I think that's, that's all correct. Awesome. And yeah, we appreciate you having us on and, uh, yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. And this was really fun. And, um, look forward to hearing how weird we sound. Yeah. No, uh, I look absolutely. forward to sharing that. <laughs> yeah. I think our families are probably more excited, uh, which is totally awesome. But Wait, yeah, you we, told your family. I, told my <laughs> mom. I was talking to my mom this morning. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so come check us out. No pretense. Just uh, yeah. some cool people doing what they love. And um, yeah, hope come, you feel the love. So, come enjoy some yeah. conceptual dining for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, and we'll be again. there. Yes, they're um, there. And, <laughs> yeah, we're all, if, if we're in service, we're there. Yeah. Y'all need to come back in too. So yeah, Ooh, we'd love definitely. to. Yeah, we'd love Please to do come in for the back. menu. Yeah. Delish. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it today. We'll see you next time on Vibrant Visionaries. Ciao. Love. Ciao. That wraps up another episode of Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. 
I'm a business and wellness coach for multi-creatives. If you're curious about what it's like working with me, you can find me at HeidiBennett.com. And if you'd like to hear all the other episodes of Vibrant Visionaries, you can check out VibrantVisionaries.com. Thanks for listening to KACR LP Alameda Community Radio. Ciao!